0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. Sleep hot. Mattress Firm's sleep experts can match you with a cooling mattress from the Temper Breeze collection from Tempur-Pedic so you can experience measurably cooler sleep all night. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day Sale. Sleep at night.
1: Right now, families across the world are celebrating Hanukkah, so we thought it would be a good time to
2: revisit
0: our conversation all about the Jewish holiday. We talk with our pals Barry Hardiman and Sarah Ventry about why Hanukkah is not Jewish Christmas and how the minor holiday has an outsized place in pop culture. I'm Stephen Thompson.
1: And I'm Linda Holmes. On this encore episode of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, we're talking all about Hanukkah. This message comes from NPR sponsor eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Finding someone who gets you on dating apps is hard. That's why eHarmony is different. eHarmony is designed to help you bring out your personality on your profile so you make more genuine connections. Take their compatibility quiz to get started and see for yourself. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. This message comes from Tinkercast. For curious kids and grown-ups, Wow in the World is an adventure-filled cartoon for the ear podcast all about amazing innovations in science and technology. Listen to Wow in the World wherever you get your podcasts. Now, neither Steven nor myself is a celebrator of Hanukkah, but you are celebrators. That's Just right. In we're general. We in general. are celebrators in general. I want to ask Sarah, what your Hanukkah celebrations looked like when
2: you were young. Sure. So I grew up here in Arizona, which means that there... There was a Jewish community, but like Jews were not ever the majority of the population anywhere ever or even like the (laughs) predominant minority population. So when I was a kid, Hanukkah often involved like my mom would come to school and like help explain what Hanukkah was to kids because there were like only two Jewish kids or Jewish families (laughs) in my elementary school. Right. And. For, for people who, who
1: don't know a lot about Hanukkah, can we get the quick refresher on what Hanukkah actually is?
2: Sure. Yes. So Hanukkah is a very, actually a very minor holiday religiously. But in modern American life, it has taken on kind of a huge persona because of its proximity to Christmas. So it really celebrates, uh, I think Barry earlier called it uh, guerrilla warfare, uh, which which is true, which is true. So it celebrates an epic battle by this group called the Maccabees. And then it also celebrates what I think Barry called a dubious miracle—I uh, would not use the word dubious. The miracle of all miracles, the most exciting thing ever, <laughs> you had a light that stayed lit. I mean, so I'm with it was... you. Like, I
3: hate when the power goes out. So I could see how, like, eight days of that could be really <laughs> yeah. awesome. But you still have to go to the head's hotel at the end of it to plug your stuff in. You know right. what I mean? Right.
2: right. Exactly. Exactly. So there was this light that was supposed to be consistently burning, and the people thought they only had enough oil for the lamp to burn— mm for one night but there was a miracle and it burned for eight nights thus birthing hanukkah hanukkah
1: so so you were explaining what your celebrations looked like what did you how did you celebrate when you were a
2: kid we did kind of I think what is I think fairly standard so we did uh we did Presents, typically opening one each night, and it was often a combination of like a few fun presents and then like very practical things. Like there was always kind of the squishy package that ended up being socks mm-hmm. or underwear, mm-hmm. and then we made latkes, which are these potato pancakes that are fried in oil. It's all about eating fried things in oil because of the miracle of oil, or just because you know. I was going to say the miracle of.
0: Am I Jewish? If you need a reason, <laughs> who doesn't understand? Yeah. So
2: we made we made latkes, and then we would often um, play this g- this game that's really not actually that fun called dreidel, which is a yeah. little top where you win M and M's um, because apparently you couldn't eat them without winning them. I was gonna say traditionally
1: um, you win M and M's. That's that's the, the yeah. long time religious yes. tradition, right? Is that you win M and M's?
2: Yeah, and then my my mom also went through these like various phases of like some years we didn't do a lot of like internal decorating in the house. And then other years she would be like, we're going to celebrate. And there would be like (laughs) silver and gold tinsel and like some kind of makeshift banner that said Happy Hanukkah, like hanging from the fireplace, Mm. depending on the year and what was uh, on sale at Target.
3: Awesome. All right. So, Barry, what did yours look like? I mean, remarkably similar. My mom is Jewish and my dad is not, but we were raised Jewish. so we. Me too. Yeah. So we really, that was just something we, there was no sometimes Christmas unless we were out my grandparents.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And I think as a result, you know, my mom was really trying to prove the, you know, (laughs) like that it was kind of great. And so it was kind of great. So we too Mm -hmm. had the happy Hanukkah banner. It was really—and I'm telling you, I really did not know the story of beyond the temple was destroyed, they went back in, we had the eight nights. I didn't really understand the story until I was in college and, you know, was taking religious courses. And I was like, oh, my God, because the Maccabees were, like, the first people that they—the guerrilla warfare—were, like, Hellenized Jews. For me, it doesn't, like—it doesn't encompass the values of Judaism that I now really love and I'm passing on to my—which are more, I think, encompassed by a holiday like Passover, which I take really seriously— Or Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, yeah. which, um, you know, yeah. the big three, as we call them. Yeah. Um, so, but so again, yeah, so we do, we did every night. But it like we had this very traditional thing that had been my mom did it and her mom did it and you know now my kids do it and I do kind of it just feels nostalgic more than you know anything else and we you know we did little presents at the beginning you know for any parents out there we discovered that because I don't what I didn't realize until I had kids is the horrible thing is giving your children presents they want to play with at sundown Mm -hmm. oh sure because that's exactly when you want them (laughs) to disappear yeah Yeah. (laughs) so they've been having Christmas morning and Hanukkah night <laughs> Where they there their you presents go. in the morning. And uh, so anyway, a little life hack for all you folks out there <laughs> that I discovered recently, which has changed everything.
1: Well, one of the things that I thought was interesting when we were exchanging thoughts prior to this taping, one of the things that Sarah was pointing out is that as she said and as you said it's not necessarily a primary religious holiday Mm-mm. but you know when we speak about it as a kind of a pop cultural phenomenon slash just a cultural phenomenon sarah was talking about how how its proximity to christmas yes. is part of why it's so much a kids holiday in so many families. Can you talk a little bit, Sarah, about what you meant by that?
2: Yeah, I think, and I think I especially noticed this, again, like growing up in Arizona where Mm -hmm. there weren't a lot of Jewish kids... You know, there is a plethora of pop culture offerings and just any offerings for for Christmas time. There's special food you eat. There's lots of sweets. There's a Christmas special on every syndicated television show. There's a bunch of great movies that come out. There's, there's like literary fiction,
3: this, <laughs> right?
2: There's everything. There's like a guy that comes down your chimney and gives you presents. And so I think that there is a real strong feeling, particularly for maybe like I grew up as a reformed Jew, but like for Jews who are maybe not Orthodox Jews, I guess is what I'm saying, um, that, you know, it really kind of stinks if you're a parent and you're watching your kid surrounded by all of this Christmas magic and then there's like not a lot for them. And I think over the years there's been like maybe people have capitalized on that, certainly. But also there's this feeling that like we have to have something to make these Jewish kids feel like there's a little bit of magic in the wintertime for them too. And so I think it's just totally gotten blown out. But I think pop culture hasn't really caught up, like they haven't done as good a job. There are not a lot of good I can't even think of one really good like Hanukkah special yeah. on TV that I've ever seen. Or yeah. like there's not like a really great Hanukkah movie. Like uh, it's, Eight th- th- Crazy th- Nights. Oh god, it's so bad. <laughs> well
1: this is the kind of this is what happens when we were first talking about this. We were like, Do we talk about eight crazy nights? Because there are I think so... we have to. As a parent, I would like to warn other parents. <laughs> right. So talk about talk about uh, what eight crazy night is actually. Like, well, but is. first
3: I want to pick up on as a parent on what Sarah said because I yes. have two little kids that are that have recently been asking about Santa and they're mm-hmm. not which I haven't really found a good answer yeah. to except for, "Oh, look, I think we know that person out on the street, you know. Right, <laughs> Look at <sure>. the bird." <laughs> One thing that I uh, that has been sort of useful about my kids are so lucky. They're just you know, lucky American kids who, you know, have two college educated parents who love them and, you know, are, you know, not hungry, whatever. Like, to a certain extent, like, at one point, my husband was, who grew up Catholic, was like, They can afford to give up Christmas, you know. Like I'm raising like two little white boys. Like I know, like there's a moment where it's like, okay, this is actually a good thing, and I've it has actually been a sort of a useful parenting tool to say there's something you have to give up because almost nothing else in their life have they truly had to give up in the way that I think the majority of the world does. So Mm -hmm. for me, that has actually been, but. At the same time, I am also a Jew that, like, really loves Christmas. So I want to participate in the season. And in order to do that happily, I've got to, you know, sort of participate in the tense, in the glittery, snowy, good music. Irving Berlin, and, you know, there's there's such a wonderful oeuvre of Jews who wrote the most wonderful music for Christmas. So clearly Mm -hmm. it is a universal spirit, you know, we can all participate in. So. So, I mean, the thing the thing is, is that, like, no matter what, you know, there's clearly some universal spirit that exists, which is maybe not Christmas, but is just this it's the end of the year. Let's all get together and have delicious food and hug each other.
0: I mean, I'm a big proponent of making your own holidays Mm -hmm. as as much as as much as possible. Obviously, this is not centered on religious ceremony. But shortly after my divorce, like seven years ago, I started a new holiday with my kids called Christmas to Santa's Revenge. Revenge. And the whole, and we built all this lore it's Danish, around it. Right? It's right? Yeah. yeah it, it generally was like January 2nd. And so my son came up with this whole thing where Dick Clark's ghost decides who's been naughty or nice. And we just had like all these jokes. Terrifying. I love it. We just had all these jokes and, and, and lore. And like it came for those years when we celebrated Christmas to Santa's Revenge. That was my biggest holiday. That was the holiday mm-hmm. that, that I looked forward to the most. And I spent Christmas sitting on the couch watching Archer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and but, vouch and then over over time and and uh, you know arrangements settled out in different ways. Now I usually spend Christmas with the kids. We don't celebrate Christmas to Santa's Revenge anymore, and so I've almost forgotten about it. It's it's like the holidays are your family, in in, a, in a, for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: well, so I do want to talk about some specific pieces of Hanukkah pop culture that do exist, despite the fact that, as Sarah said. Pop culture has not necessarily served Hanukkah all that well. So one of the things when we were t- preparing this show, the conversation became, should we talk about the Adam Sandler movie, Eight Crazy Nights? <laughs> because it was sort of the first thing that came to mind in terms of
3: mass pop culture. Which every Jew hears and goes, oh, this is not good for the Jews.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to, me about, talk to me about Eight Crazy Nights, Barry. It's Are you familiar so with
3: it? terrible. It's Awful. I mean, it is chock full of stereotypes and the worst kind of, you know, I like, I love potty humor. I have two little kids, little, two little boys. I mean, it's like, yeah. but this is like the worst kind. I mean, there is a joke at the expense of a transgender woman. There is, I refreshed some of my knowledge. There's an awful moment where an elderly man is like pushed down a porta potty. And I mean, I can't think of anything that less encompasses the values that I really do kind of love as, you know, about Judaism than a crazy nights and also because you know Adam Sandler does the Hanukkah song which is kind of wonderful and he I updates the it song. it's always yeah. good to find out like other celebrities who are Jewish you're mm-hmm. like oh that's great
0: you don't need deck the halls or jingle bell rock cause you can spin a dreidel with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock both Jewish <laughs>
1: And I think the Hanukkah song kind of gets a little bit at the thing that Sarah was talking about, about how, you know, the whole premise of the Hanukkah song is feeling left out. Mm -hmm. and, And like, you know, everybody wants to be excited about all the people who celebrate Hanukkah because Christmas is so like weirdly ubiquitous in the culture at this time. Sarah, did anything occur to you as a piece of Hanukkah related pop culture?
2: The thing that has brought me the most joy in the last few years is the Sharon Jones and the Dap King song, Eight Days of Hanukkah. But I think that having something so soulful and fun and upbeat and good, and that's just like a really good song, is such a relief to me because I think so much attempts at Hanukkah pop culture just totally misses the mark. That is my Hanukkah jam every year. to burn it bright let it time has been a great one and hope that him will show up on my
1: turn Take well it, when i was thinking about this it occurred to me that uh, there's a version of Oh Hanukkah on one of my favorite holiday albums, which is Bare Naked Ladies, uh, Bare Naked oh. for the Holidays. I don't listen to Bare Naked Ladies all the time, <laughs> but when I do, it's usually the holiday season. They have uh, some really fun stuff on there, including they sing Oh Hanukkah. Oh
2: Hanukkah, Oh Hanukkah, come light the menorah. Let's have a party, we'll
0: all dance the hora. Gather round the table, we'll give you a treat.
1: They sang Oh Hanukkah, but then they also, like, went to the trouble of writing a sort of semi-forgettable Hanukkah pop song, (laughs) just like a lot of semi-forgettable Christmas songs. We
2: light the candles for Hanukkah.
1: Um, and I also wanted to mention because uh, Barry and I were together on a an episode of this podcast about romance novels, there are so many Christmas mm-hmm. romance novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sarah Wendell, who was also on that. Podcast with us actually wrote a Hanukkah romance that is called uh, "Lighting the Flames: A Hanukkah Story," and she because she really wanted there to be a Hanukkah. Sure. It's a it's a very kind of charming, lovely romance novel set around Hanukkah, and it's not just incidentally Hanukkah. It takes place in the winter, but at a Jewish summer camp that is oh, is operating in the winter for you know, reasons of, you know, for romance plot reasons. (laughs) And so they spend a lot of time actually explaining Hanukkah and explaining elements of Judaism in a very, like... Accessible inside the story, kind of you know, relatively seamless way. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. So again, lighting the flames, uh, Sarah Wendell, available uh, ebook or paperback, I think. Uh, it's a it's a lovely little story that like makes me love Sarah Wendell even more. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. What
1: else do you have, Sarah? Uh, do you have any uh, TV? I heard you had a TV special that you liked.
2: Yeah. So when when I was a kid, I really liked the Rugrats Hanukkah special. Oh, yeah. Yes. I wanted to bring that
0: one up. Yes.
2: Which was phenomenal. And I feel like the Rugrats did... Like, I don't know enough about the creators of the show to know who was Jewish on that staff, but they clearly they had it. some Jewish people. Yeah, because they did like an amazing Passover special too. <laughs> um, so I think for me, like, as a kid, the Rugrats Hanukkah was always like, it was the one that got talked about at Hebrew school. Like, it was the one <laughs> um, that, yeah, it was legit. Like, it had all the elements of Hanukkah, it had like the story, it had like the fun stuff, it had the like cheap. Wax Hanukkah candles, I think. Yeah, that was one that I, always, that I always really, really liked. And then when I was going back and trying to think about other sort of Hanukkah pop culture things, when I was like sort of looking around, the thing that kept popping up was the Armadillo episode of sure. Friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, I think is really an amazing metaphor for how Hanukkah is often treated in pop culture, Mm -hmm. which is that Ross tries to get a Santa suit to wear for his son. He can't get a Santa suit. So he ends up with an armadillo suit and shows up and says, I'm the holiday armadillo. (laughs) Merry Christmas. And then he kind of pauses and then he goes... And happy Hanukkah. (laughs) And so I think it's this sort of like, oh, gosh, we could totally make this like a Hanukkah thing, too. But then it's just sort of shoehorned in.
1: But but, but that episode then becomes about Ross wanting to explain Mm -hmm. Hanukkah, but having the sense that his son only cares about Santa. And he keeps trying to explain Hanukkah and his son keeps wanting to hear about Santa and he's very pained Mm -hmm. and ultimately like has to kind of find a way to get his kid to stop asking about Santa and so that he can explain the holiday armadillo. Yeah, no, it's a very right.
3: it's actually very sweet. And yeah. I think by the way, like I when I went back and thought about this, I think a lot of the good Hanukkah pop culture comes wrapped in drama or sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you yeah. know, there is yeah. no Charlie Brown Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. The thing that I actually, my favorite, this is not even really Hanukkah because it's Chris Right. But I adore, like I actually really, like recently have gone back and dug into the OC because I really love it. Yeah. <laughs> They. This is Seth Cohen bringing both halves of his family together into chrismica, which became a totally overused, mm-hmm. you know, uh, phrase for a long time. But now, going back and looking at at those, like I think there are three or four maybe episodes, they're actually very very sweet. There's a little bit of explanation about the whole thing, but they're also not like very special episodes, right. which I think is really smart because. It's not a very special holiday, mm-hmm. but it's all about – you know, there's a couple – I mean, I feel like there's like a Marissa episode That's because she's always derailing everything, <laughs> but it's just like, okay, fine, whatever. But then there is – the. in general, it is this sort of celebration of family. Plot is moving along. It is actually, like, useful in terms of, like, of moving the O.C. to its final destination. And in the end, it's just about feeling good about your family, which is what the show was about, was about yeah. family. And what holidays sort of are, as where Exactly, discussing. which is where, when you and when you can sort of back away from the religiousness of it, it's kind of wonderful.
0: Well, I mean, Chrismica is basically a precursor to Christmas to Santa's revenge. Right.
1: I think pop culture gets its arms around holidays largely by trying to, you know, in two different ways, right? Either it does the very special episode or it just gets into it as like a this is a time when families get to spend time together and probably works better for many different holidays when they take that route, I suppose. All right, Stephen, you are a music guy. I am wondering whether songs came to you? Uh,
0: I wanted to mention The Levies. If Bob oh, yes. if Bob Boylan were here, he would insist on talking about The Levies, which is this kind of sort of offshoot of the band Guster. Uh, a member oh. of Guster started this project called The Levies, and they've got a Hanukkah EP that includes uh, 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 what is, at least to Bob, become a Hanukkah staple, the song How Do You Spell Hanukkah, and it's got <laughs> like two I don't know how many H's are in it, several K's, several <laughs> Ns, uh sort of you know, kind of just tying into just different silly things about mm-hmm. about the holiday. Church, and Is there an answer to my question? Someone, please help me. Just tell me how do you spell Hanukkah. And I also wanted to mention from the Stephen Colbert uh, Christmas oh. special, which has a lot of, like, fairly reverent Christmas material in it. He brings in John Stewart <laughs> and sort of hands John Stewart the mic, <laughs> and John Stewart sings this sad, little, timid song called, "Can I Interest You in Hanukkah?" <laughs> <laughs> Is it merry? It's kind of merry. Is it cheery?" Cheer. Is it Jolly? Look,
1: I wouldn't know from Jolly, but it's not my least unfavorite time of year. Part of what we're talking about here is that, like, A, Hanukkah is not Jewish Christmas. Right. <laughs> B, there are some things
3: that have had fun with the idea. Like, there's two sort of branches of holiday humor, of, excuse me, of, like, holiday art, you have like Irving Berlin writing White Christmas yes. and like, right. you know, all the and and those amazing. And then there's this this kind of like the Adam Sandler sort of silly, you know, I mean, I have a children's book that literally begins with the words, it was, t'was the night before Hanukkah and Jews across the country from New York to Santa Monica, <laughs> which <laughs> traffics in some very hard stereotypes if you think about it. But I mean, there is this kind of like really, truly like a particular kind of Jewish humor that I kind of also love. And so the fact of the that like oh it's okay I'll just sit in the dark like that kind of that never like that's what Hanukkah is it's like it's all right I just take a card you know and that is that to me is also so much a part of my Jewish upbringing and the way that I plan on you know guilting my and guilting my children you um, know that I also love it you know I went to Party City the other yeah. day and tried to um, you know I, God I tried to find a blue snowflake you know just something mm-hmm. and they didn't even have I mean there was no like end cap of yeah. like sad menorah and so I. I had to, you know, have this amazing discussion with a woman. I was like, is there any guilt Which, of course, turned into a, well, I don't know, I haven't called my mother in a long time. And I
2: was like,
3: coins! Do we just have coins? You know, and so I, there I was, you know, and it was, so that in and of itself is part of the experience of Hanukkah and, you know, I mean, maybe my kids are, like, at this age, maybe they long for Santa, but for me, that's what opens my heart. Sarah, what were you going to say?
2: No, I was just going to say, I feel, like, somewhat relieved to hear that, because I think the whole time, like, my family had always blamed this experience on the fact that we were in Arizona Mm. Um, and then like the grocery stores would get like really confused whenever they knew it was a Jewish holiday and so they would just put like they would put like one end cap (laughs) of all the things for like it would be like matzah next to Hanukkah candles next to like a candle that you light when somebody dies next to like Right? Right, right, and like that would be the whole shelf and then it would like always like we would always end up leaving the store with like someone complaining about like like, oh, they don't even understand. Right. Like, like, I think I had to go to three stores last year for Hanukkah candles. Right. And the so amount of times I've,
3: I've walked out with a yard
2: site candle <laughs> instead right. of the exactly. thing I'm like, in for. Well, this will suffice. Yeah, exactly. So, Well, Sarah, I'm, no I'm like
3: a nice Jewish girl from the Northeast, and I've had that exact same experience.
0: In I the had no of idea.
3: I could listen to Sarah describe Hanukkah,
1: and
2: and and
3: <laughs> Hanukkah and and holidays all of my day. Life.
1: Yeah.
0: The stores are trying really hard to take an interest in lamp oil sustainability. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Well, we want to know about your favorite Hanukkah moments from pop culture. I bet we missed some. Of course, thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. We will see you all tomorrow.
0: When the economic news gets to be a bit much...
1: Listen to The Indicator from Planet Money. We're here for you, like your friends, trying to figure out all the most confusing parts. One story, one idea, every day, all in 10 minutes or less.
0: The Indicator from Planet Money, your friendly economic sidekick.
1: From NPR.